wrote the book. And when I came to the sex scenes, I was like, I could do this. You know, I mean, I want to be like everybody else. I want to like express the visual that's inside my head that I've created for these characters. And I want to put it on paper. I mean, did I like cover my eyes and bash, become all bashful that I, you know, writing, writing the, oh, I thrusted deep inside me. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, oh my God, I hope nobody know reads this. Welcome to Steam Scenes, the podcast about... Wait, hold on. Sure, sex is, well, sexy, but it's also sassy and it's silly and it's fun. Hi, I'm El Greco and I write steamy romance. On my podcast, Steam Scenes, I'm joined by my fellow romance authors for some explosive, <laughs> see what I did there? Conversations on writing all the naughty bits. Sit back, relax, and join us for some scintillating conversation on Steam Scenes. Joining us today is J.D. Hollyfield. She is a creative designer, mother, wife, writer, part-time superhero, and best-selling author. When she's not trying to save the world one happy ending at a time, she enjoys the snuggles of her husband, her sons, and her three doxies. With her love for romance and head full of book boyfriends, she was inspired to test her creative abilities and bring her own stories to life. J.D. lives in the Midwest and is currently at work on blowing the minds of readers with the additions of her new books and series, along with her charm, humor, and happily ever afters. Welcome to Steam Scenes, J.D. It's great to have you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Okay, so going to jump in with the first question. When did you realize you wanted to become a writer? So I started writing in 2014. And just before that, I I think as every other author, I just got really obsessed with reading romance. And I would plow through, geez, probably about 10 books a week, maybe up to 15. And eventually just, you know, these own characters inside my head started talking and they just wouldn't shut up. So one day I sat down and started writing it on paper and all of a sudden, one book turned into two, turn, two turned into 15, and now I'm on my 25th. Holy shit. <laughs> so you're in 25 books in, how many years is that? Where, where are we? We're 2020, so six years? Yeah, it's kind of, kind of crazy to realize it's been that long. It seems like just yesterday I was struggling to write, you know, a proper scene and spill out what was in my head on paper. Yeah, it's crazy. And like that's an extra, like absolutely extraordinary, mind-boggling output. To be honest with you, I'm like, I'm like, holy shit! In the same amount of time, I have six books out. Like, I feel like such a slacker. Yeah, it's you know, it's crazy to think about. Sometimes I'm like, this, this isn't real. I can't believe I did this. And sometimes I'm like, you know, books. Some books just come out easier than the, than some. You know. Well, I mean, you were like before you started writing, you were one of you were one of those super readers. You were one of those readers that went through like it sounds like two books a day. Absolutely. I just couldn't get enough. I mean, page after page. And this was before I even got into Kindle, too. So I would be reading those mass paperbacks. Wow. Yeah. How did you even load up on those? I, I did a lot of library. I did a lot of. Amazon. I have an insane book collection now <laughs> that I'm running out of places to put. Oh my gosh. 
I'm sure. I'm sure. So what drew you to the romance genre then as this sort of super reader? Well, funny that you asked that. I think (laughs) I'm probably not the only author that's going to admit this, but my first romance book was Twilight. And it was a book that was pushed on by my sister. I had no interest in reading it. I was like, no, thank you. And finally, one day I said, oh, geez, fine, I'll do it. So I started it and I devoured it. I read all four books in a week and I kept going. I, I just couldn't get enough. I turned it. I, if it had romance in it, I was gobbling it up, reading it. That's and I just, ha- I just had right. dropped. And don't feel like... <laughs> We're, there, there have been other authors that have come on this podcast and said, like, their gateway into the whole genre was Twilight. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, and I see people admit that, too. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. I'm not the only one. Well, I just think that the way that Stephanie Myers was sort of slagged off on because of that series was super unfair. I mean, you know, at the, at the end of it, a successful book, a good book is a book that a reader loves. Yeah, I don't, you know, don't talk to me about literary merits and all that other shit. Like that doesn't matter. It's like a good book. A good book is a book that a reader loves. Right. You know, and in her case, it was like millions upon millions of readers. Yeah. I mean, she grabbed uh, a world out there that everybody just, just got sucked into. And, you know, I just wanted more from there. So it was like, I couldn't get my hands on a romance book fast enough. I just now, I, back in that angst and that <laughs> oh, the curling of your toes about what's going to happen next. Does he love her? Does he not? <laughs> so with Twilight, now, I, now I've only read the first book and okay. she's clean, right? She writes clean. She doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it wasn't because there was a lot of, you know, slapping and moaning around that, you know, draw me to it. It, it honestly it's it was the angst it was the oh my god what's going to happen now the way he feels for her you just want you know you just put yourself in that that same position and you want you know you want edward just to just to just to be obsessed with you he wants somebody to say i want to die for you you know and right it's you know it, it just builds from there and you just get obsessed <laughs> so in terms of like sort of more graphic content do you remember like the, f- the first book that you did read that had that yes so i it was actually a book from linda howard if you're familiar with her and it was called oh shoot cry no more and it was the story itself it was just it was a romantic suspense but it was a buildup. It was angst. He hated her. She hated him, but they had to work together to solve something. And finally, it was like over something devastating that they just broke down and went at it. And it was like the tearing of clothes, the mouths. Of, and I was like, holy shit. And I think I read the scene twice and I was like, I need more of this. <laughs> <laughs> I need to read more of this. I need more all of it. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> um, why do you think you had that? What do you mean? Reaction. Like the, the, that sort of like reaction, like, oh my God, I need to, I need more of this in my life. Well, I think it has to do with, you know, it, if it, the book is good and it creates this world around you, you know, you're in there, you know, you're that person doing the heavy petting. You're the one that's feeling the angst. You're the one that's just dying to have something go a certain way. And 
like I felt that I felt this woman that just was so, you know, ripped out of her own world and needed the affection of this just hunk of a man. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, you lose yourself in it. Like you want to like be in that like fantasy land and, you know, feel his hands on you. And it just, it does do something for you. It, 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 you know, it creates this just world for you that you just want to lose yourself in. And it was awesome. (laughs) So then to you, what makes a good sex scene? Like what needs to be there? So I guess I am a huge fan of angst. I love the buildup. You know, in a sex scene, not everything and every scene requires let's say foreplay, you know, that's not always the main factor when you really want to get a reader hooked in an intimate moment. So I always say the angst, just the build up until they finally just have that like detonating moment. And they just, you know, hands on hands on each other, flesh to flesh, just gripping, scratching, just like a, just a nail biter of a, of a moment. And it's all because they just have this, this time to build up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, pre- the, sorry, I guess the pressure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like you get that pressure building, building, building. And then they finally, it's just like, it's like a volcano. Exploding. Right. You know, sometimes I always say with novellas or when you do these anthologies, the hardest part is to create enough of that build up and that angst. So when you really give it to the reader, like they feel it, you know? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. hard. sometimes it's hard to write a sex scene in the second chapter and have a reader saying, oh, wow, I I've, I totally connected with it. I right. characters and stuff like that. So, you know, for me, it's just the biggest thing for me is the buildup and the angst. So you can just just really just give it to your readers. <laughs> when I, when I got my first um, publishing contract, it was with an ebook um, romance publisher and I, they, I don't think they're around anymore. And um, I was given, you know, very specific instructions about what to write um, in terms of not necessarily like the storyline or whatever, but it would be like, okay, we want taboo, blah, 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 blah. But one of the things that was like, like there had to be sex in the first chapter. Oh boy. So, (laughs) so would that be like, would that be a no for you? Because you, you did not, you had to either put that, you know, figure out a way to get that build up in the first chapter. Like you had to like get there really, really fast. You know, I could do it, you know, and that's, it's not something that I can say that I've if I look back on all my books, I don't think any of them have started with a sex scene, but I think I could sit down and create creativity, creatively do it. You know, right. it just, it just takes some thinking on how you're going to really, really grab those readers. So they, they're like, they stay along for the ride with you. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think the idea was like, you get to look inside and you give the readers exactly what they, what they want straight sure. away. Yeah. You know? Um, but, but I do think that you do end up missing um, the buildup part of it. 
yeah just sort of delicious like that's kind of <laughs> to go on you know I mean <gasps> you can't have dessert before dinner <laughs> well I mean <laughs> just kidding sometimes you can <laughs> oh so so now we're going to go back 25 books uh, well, I should say your first book, did that, was that door open or was that a little bit more like Twilight, like not, not on the page or sort of like the door is closed or did you just go for it and you were writing steamy off the bat? So I did romance off the bat. Okay. I, you know, I wrote the book and when I came to the sex scenes, I was like, I could do this, you know, I mean. I want to be like everybody else. I want to like express the visual that's inside my head that I've created for these characters. And I want to put it on paper. I mean, did I like cover my eyes and bash, become all bashful that I, you know, writing, writing the, oh, he's thrusted deep inside me. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, oh my God, I hope nobody <laughs> know reads this. <laughs> I hope only strangers know that I write such filth, you know? <laughs> But I wrote it. I hid. I hoped nobody that I knew would read it because I think when I started writing, I, I it took me years before I admitted to anybody that I wrote books because I didn't want somebody to be like, oh, wow, that's what you write? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think yeah. I just felt that romance was a little bit on the judgy side. I mean, now it is what it is. And now I'm like screaming from the rooftops, read my romance. <laughs> but, you know, when I first got started and I wrote it, I was like, Woo! I just wrote that. I'm gonna go hide under the table now. <laughs> so, how long did it take you to write your first intimate scene? W were you able to sort of get it out pretty quickly because you were rushing through it, or did it take you some time to like be able to sort of sit down and really get it? Get through I, it. I I just did it. it. No pun intended. I pounded that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was super easy. Um, obviously, it needed a lot of um, tender, loving care, like in the right. editing, you know, but just getting it out on paper, it wasn't hard at all, which is kind of okay. And cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you have a particular process when you're sitting down to write them? I had one author on who uses scent a lot with her characters. She gives a character a, a character a scent and she'll oh. then when she sits down to write, I loved it. It was Patricia Eddy. She's phenomenal she'll pick up whatever it is that she has you know she goes to the store and buys whatever with the scent whether it's a perfume or soap or whatever she'll pick up the item and smell it and that's how she gets into her intimate scenes so do you have any sort of like hmm. moments that get you there that get you into it or you just you just sit down and write you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna this is gonna probably be a really vanilla answer <laughs> but I honestly I just sit down and write you know it's with everything, sometimes I'm feeling more jazzed up about it than I am other times. And I'm not a straight shooter. I don't start from the beginning and write straight through. Sometimes if I'm feeling a little frisky, I'll actually go and write the sex scene and add it in later, you know, and, you know, oh. move the book around a little bit so and tweak it so it fits. But like, if I'm feeling like today's the day I'm going to write that, I'm going to write it and they're going to like really get it on because today's the day, then I'll just write it and I'll fit it in get it no I'm just kidding <laughs> sorry and so that took me a minute but yeah <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to say it <laughs> um but yeah I don't I don't really have any rhyme or reason it's just you know if, if the word if they start talking to me and that's what they want to do that day that's what's going to happen that's fascinating because mm -hmm. I I'll, I've heard like some authors do this. I'm guilty too 
where I will get to the point of having to put the intimate scene and we'll be like, insert sex scene here because yeah, I just can't do it at that moment. Right. I've done but I've that. never, I've never had somebody say, I, I get, I'm in it and I write it. And then I, and then I sort of like tweak things so that I can fit it in. And I'm like, wow, like maybe I need to try that. Like it, get up and just do it yeah. as opposed to get there and get stuck, you know? Yeah. You know, sometimes I, you know, and I tell myself sometimes not to do it because then I'm rushing it, but sometimes it's funner to write the good stuff first and then deal with like the boring stuff later. But yeah, I enjoy it. (laughs) So do you have a favorite steamy moment in literature? Is there one that stands out for you? Steamy moment in literature. Oh boy. So I've obviously read a ton of books. So trying to pinpoint one, you know, I can't say that it's steamy, but it's something okay. that is, it always sticks out for me. And it's a series. I don't know. Um, it's a three book trilogy. Um, the Bronze Horseman. Are you familiar with it? No, I'm not. Okay. So um, it is a it's a gigantic book and it hits a historical. And it's not that it's steamy, but again, with this buildup, it's about these two characters. They're so damaged. They're so hurt. They're struggling in the world that they live in but they love each other and they're literally dying, but their love is just so, so strong. And when they like finally get together, it is just like, I mean, it's so hard to read it, but it, cause it's so powerful and it's more beautiful than it is steamy. And I don't okay. know if that doesn't fit, but well. it's a great, it's a great, I mean, it, they're just struggling to survive. So when they like, like they're like dying moments or like to be with each other, you know? So. Right. Right. That's yeah. actually good. I mean, steam doesn't have to necessarily be like sex or raw sex. It's sort of more the, I guess the, 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 maybe the promise of it or because, you know, I've definitely talked to authors who close the door. You know, they don't actually show the deed in their writing, but their work is still super hot. Yeah. You know, I have to admit that I remember to the to the exact moment when I read my first book that was Fade to Black and I was absolutely on the edge of my seat just waiting for it. And I was like, oh, yeah, baby. Oh, God. And then it fades to black. And I thought my someone took pages out of my book. I moved to the next page. I did the page before that. I looked if the seams were ripped. There was no sex scene. Oh, my God. I felt so gypped. Well, <laughs> I will tell you, it's one of my top, like, five favorite all-time books. And now it just works. It works. You know, you realize that right. the book didn't even need it. But, like, right. the build up to it was, like... You wanted it. It was magical. <laughs> so do, have you ever written a fade to black? I never have. I'm tempted to. I will tell you that I am in the process of writing one and it is, it's a little difficult because you, as a, as a writer, you tend to express so much intimacy when you do do a sex scene and that takes your character so much deeper in the eyes of the reader sometimes. Right. And to just fade to black, it's hard because like in your head, you have so much more to say but, you know, not all books necessarily need to go deep in 
to the sex part. So it's been challenging, but I could see where this book may end up even stronger without it. So I'm pretty excited to get it done and out there and just see how it does. What made you decide to do a fade to black? Well, I, I wanted to just test it out in regards to how book sells with visual sex scenes to how book sells without it. Interesting. So, okay, so this is a test project, like sort of a, a little bit. Program. I mean, the book itself, I think, is really great. It it's one of those like pull out your heartstrings, and it's taken me a while to write because it is one of those books where it's a sad book, and you know, it's not about it's about just two people that throughout life, like they're they're meant to be together, but we're all just just society and the world just keeps ripping them apart, you know, right. and it hurts, and it hurts. It's gonna it's gonna hurt the reader, and it you know it's. So it's taken me a while, but um, I just wanted to write a story that's not solely based on sex itself and the more of the emotion of it. Okay. All right. I, I've, I've heard um, sort of, I don't remember who I was talking about it with, but there seems to be a push among readers where they're opting for more fade to black romances and they're opting out of the more erotic um you know or the more graphic ones right so this is kind of an interesting you know test test you know test pilot to program or whatever to to be involved in i think that's really cool i'd be curious to see um what you find at the end of the experiment yeah same i mean i you know and it and it is a good you know, I feel like it is good to have a balance between heavy and fade to black. And so mm-hmm. I think that if this is something that is successful for me and really grabs readers that I will definitely plan on um, doing more in the future. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there is, there is a gigantic genre of readers that, that want this. And, yeah. you know, I, sometimes I look at like, I'm, I'm missing this whole fan base because, you know, sex doesn't always sell. So we'll see. I'm really hoping. I think the book is really great. That sounds good. It does sound good. Well, it sort of like slides me into the next question because I was digging through your backlist and you've got like this really great kind of very broad um and, and almost expansive backlist of, of tropes. So you've got your paranormal, you've got your romantic suspense, you've got your romantic comedy. Do you gravitate more towards one or the other? When I started writing, I did rom-coms. I think okay. that's normally my go-to. I just have a witty sense of humor in life. So it really grab it really shows in my writing um, throughout the last couple of years, I've started picking up different tropes. I, my favorite book to read is romantic suspense. It's what I started on. It's what I just absolutely love. So actually beginning to write in that genre, I love it. I feel like I can't get enough in it and there's not enough time in the day to write. And so I switch off. I, I have a few romantic comedies coming up, but I have a lot of um, romantic suspense because it's just really where my passion is right now. I'm curious, how do your readers, like, do, do you have readers that only read your comedies or just only read this? Like, or, or are they kind of pretty much, yeah, we'll read, we'll read whatever as long as it's romance. 
I think I want to say all of the above. I have a great mm-hmm. fan base. Um, I have a lot of readers that do only read my romantic comedies. And I have a lot of readers that have found me through some of my darker stuff and, mm-hmm. and will stick to that. Uh, I actually have a um, duet coming up that's taboo. And that's new for me. And I'm doing the double fingers crossed that, you know, my readers stick with stick with me because it's something new for me. It's super steamy and there's not too much comedy in it, but you know, it's, it's where my, it's where my head took me at the time and I wrote it and it turned out really spicy and steamy and I love it. So, I mean, I am all over the place. (laughs) It was something that I was going to ask you about that you have this duet, Dirty Little Secret. When is it coming out by the way? So the first book, Bad Daddy comes out December 7th. And the second book, which is Sweet Little Lies, comes out December 21st. Okay. So what what taboo are you working with here? It is age gap. Okay. How big is the age gap? 45, 18. Okay. That's an age gap. Yeah. That's an age gap. And I mean, what what made you decide to do taboo? You know, I think it was just another one of those outlets that I wanted to to play in. I think I, I think there's a great, great world of readers out there that love that stuff. And I just yeah. kind of wanted to tap into it and see, yeah. you know, another, I guess, another test, test duet on my part. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I have stepbrother in mine. Um, my first, uh, my first, um, in my Rockstar series was actually written for this publisher. So it had to have the sex in the first chapter. It had to have the taboo element. So I had the step sibling um, taboo because there, there were certain conventions that I had to follow. Um, Although I changed the sex in the first chapter so that it's just not full on sex. Um, It's just a, a tease of it. And so, so it, so taboo is like a really interesting, um, interesting place to play. It is. It is. It's been, um, you know, it's not my norm. So when writing, I have a lot of questions My with my editor that says, is this okay? <laughs> Can I write this? Can this really happen? <laughs> you know, because, you know, this is not, you know, my normal playground and right. I just need to make sure, A, I'm writing it right because I don't want to disappoint anybody that loves Taboo and says, oh, she totally missed the mark. Or somebody says, whoa, she went there, Deanna. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so can you give an example of where you felt like, oh, this might be too far or I'm not going far enough or, you know, is there, do you have an example? Well, Something as general as just how big of the age gap, you know, you right. always know, don't do anything under 18, you don't want to get right. flagged or, you know, shunned for being, you know, somebody under age. So where do you, where do you do the age gap? Um, my, they are, just to clarify, Bad Daddy is a, my roommate's best friend. So they're in college. Okay. Um, it's not any like actual like daddy issues or anything like that. Um, and Sweet Little Lies is my daddy's best friend. So it was making, sh- just making sure that I did, you know, I didn't cross any like boundaries that readers would find offensive and right. 
right. Yeah, it's, you work. You walk a very fine line when you're working taboo sure on do. the screen. Be you know, giving the reader what they want, but then you can. It can so easily go down a very wrong, dark road. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the truth. It is so the truth, and you just have to be careful. And, you know, I had a lot of questions and I had a lot of betas and I just, just made sure I, you know, like did it right. And so far I'm, I'm very pleased with it. I think readers will be too. So we'll see. Yeah. I had another taboo, same publisher, um, but I'm trying to rework that now. Um, But they wanted, um, you know, uh, not age gap, but underage. Like it was like, I couldn't let them have sex until she turned 18, but it started at 17. And even then when I sort of picked it up again and looked at it to republish it, you know, it was a very different world in 2014 or whatever it was when I initially wrote that to now. And I'm like looking at this and I'm like, I can't put this out in the world now the way it is. Like she needs to be over 18. Like this just doesn't, this doesn't play anymore. With publishing nowadays, even with Amazon, I mean, so much stuff is is being banned and pulled off, and you know, you definitely want to don't want to you know write your heart and soul out for it to get taken down and you know hidden from the world either. So, but even you know, even beyond that, it was just this sort of like ick factor with the Me Too movement sort of happened in between, and you know, all of these you know Jeffrey Epstein, and then you sort of are like, yeah, this is kind of like this is kind of ick so we're yeah. just gonna we're gonna yeah, fix that no, I mean, it's, uh, it's a challenging world sometimes when it comes to writing and what's right and wrong and what can you get away with and yeah yeah okay so um the steamy scene that we're going to talk about is from your book junkie which correct. is a driven world novel so you wrote this in another author's world is that, is that correct Correct. So Junkie is written in um, Kay Bromberg's Driven series world. She has a um, fantastic series. It's um, takes place in the indie racing industry. And so I jumped on her world and wrote Junkie. It is loosely um, based around the indie racing scene. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that you have to read her series to read my book. Gotcha. It's like a standalone. So how did you get involved in another author's world? So Christy had offered her world up to authors to join. And I had signed up and got accepted. And in the series, so I went ahead and binged all of her books to get myself like into her world and, you know, waited and waited and waited for my own characters to start speaking to me. And finally it clicked and I decided, I said, Hey, I'm going to take this side character and your side character from this book. I'm going to throw them in mine. And this is going to be my story. And voila, there goes junkie. (laughs) How was it? What was it like writing in somebody else's world? It was a little stressful, I'm not going to lie, because, you know, you're taking a USA Today, New York Times bestsellers characters and trying to write them as your own. And I was more nervous of not portraying her characters right or their voices sounding off. Mm -hmm. 
And that I, I actually reached out to a lot of betas that were huge fans of Christie's and said, I need you to read this. And I need you to tell me if those characters sound okay. Because God forbid, if they don't, I don't want to be like, oh God, she didn't nail that one. Right. (laughs) And, (laughs) and, you know, I got great feedback. They said, yeah, you know, there was a little tweak here, a little tweak there. And eventually I just mastered it and I was happy with it. And now it's out in the world. Did, did you change your writing process at all for writing in somebody else's world or no? No. You know, I had never written in that type of sports genre before. So that was my struggle. I'd had to do a lot of research on indie racing and the terminology and stuff like that. So that was my biggest challenge. The story itself flowed nicely, I thought, and it wasn't hard to write it. It was just knowing what I was talking about because I knew nothing about racing. So how did you crash Corsa? That's kind of amazing. I did a lot of Googling. Really? <laughs> yeah. And you were and, comfortable. You were and you were comfortable enough that you got the information that you needed. I was. And you know, I will admit that I did have a beta all the way, all the way at the end, read it and say, listen, I am a lover of racing and this part right here, this wouldn't match. I would change it to this. And so it was, it's nice to have people out there that, that are fans that say, Hey, listen, I would change it to that. So there was one or two little glitches that I ended up thankfully taking their advice. But other than that, I had a lot of readers that said, that said, Oh man, love racing. You nailed it. And I was like, woohoo, thank you. Because (laughs) if I have to never read any terminology on racing again, I will be <laughs> It's That's funny because I did, um, I also write urban fantasy under a different Ooh. name. And um, I work with a lot of like, you know, magical weapons, but I also work with guns. Right. And so I was doing some really heavy research into guns to make sure that I got it right, you know. And then I got an email and this was like after the series had been out for a while and some guy like picked up that like one of the guns that I, I was using didn't have a safety. And I was like, fuck, I was so mad because like I did like all of this research, you know, like I really did. Like I really did my research to make sure I had it right. And I and I screwed up. And um, and then he sent me all of this information back, which was just like my, made my head spin because I was like, whoa, about the gun. I was like, whoa. Um, but it was but I actually then decided I was like, you need to go learn how to shoot guns. And like, you know, and I'm by no means an expert, but like, you know, now I can actually like I'm going to you know, I, I own a gun and I'm going to. And I can, I'm good. That's the only one that I'm going to use from now on when I write gun stories. (laughs) Yeah, because at least that's the one I know. And I'm never going to screw up the safety ever again. (laughs) I mean, I'll tell you what, never underestimate a reader. I had in Junkie, actually, there is a scene where um, I won't give anything away, but somebody has to spit off some latitude, longitude for her to find a certain location to race. And I did my research and I put it in. And surprisingly, it was supposed to be somewhere in California. And um, 
an early reader comes back to me and says, I don't know if you meant this, but um, I looked up the latitude and longitude that you put in there and it's somewhere in Argentina. I don't know if that's <gasps> supposed to be right or not. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like who looks up? Like that is like dedication. You know, I, that is dedication. I was like, thank you. And I fixed it because I was like, wow, but that that is dedication. I mean, to somebody to stop and say, hold on, I'm actually going to look up this latitude longitude. I was like, wow, okay. So, so That's like, kind of crazy. I would never do that, but I'm lazy. Exactly released, but I was like, wow, like that's, that's dedication. That's pretty awesome. All right. So we are going to dive into your, the snippet that you sent me from Junkie. And okay. Um, I mean, like I'm, I like highlighted things here sure. that have nothing to do with steam just in this first like page, because we kick this, we kick off this chapter or that like where the two main characters, the hero and the heroine are going back and forth about the fast and the furious. And right. I was like, I applaud you. I love this. I love this. I had a whole, in my last book that just came out, I had a whole chapter that was completely loving on action movies. And one of them was Fast and Furious. And I had to cut it. I had to cut it. <laughs> no. So, so I, I had no Fast and no Fast and Furious love in my book that was supposed to be there. And so I was like, yeah. So, <laughs> and it makes so much sense because it's a book about, you know the racing scene and is that is that why you put it in or are you a fan of the franchise i was just kind of curious where that came from so both first off we are a huge fan of fast and the furious we've seen all of them a billion times a billion so times right yeah. in here i there was a part of me that was like you know i don't think the entire world is obsessed with this ser- this franchise as we are so a lot of people oh. might not get it but the people that do are going to be like yes I love this. But also, you know, it's hard to pick out. It's hard to pick out a scene like in the middle of a book and have people understand what it's about. So just to, he's he's trying to teach her racing and his version of it is making her watch this marathon of all Fast and the Furious movies kind of as a sarcastic way of flirting with her. Okay. And so the scene is basically them doing a marathon and him trying to be serious, whereas she's just like this this guy. He's just got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I kind of love it. And he's like, and he's like talking about Tokyo Drift, and she's like, Jesus, Tokyo Drift was the worst. What's wrong with him? And I'm like, I, I like wrote a note. I'm like, hard agree, right there, hard agree. Tokyo oh, yeah, Drift. Was everybody's the worst. like, Tokyo Drift is the worst ever. They should never have made the movie. So when I'm putting all these puns in it, I'm just dying myself because we say it all the time. <laughs> Because I hated Tokyo. And it's not because, like, I recognize that it was, like, super important because, um, oh, shit, who was the character that they do they do introduce that I love? Um, the, the Asian guy. Um, Ch- Chen Lee, right? Yeah. I, like the, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm like, I'm, I know. And I'm, like, looking oh, for it. Because I was like, you know, I can't even, like, my brain's like, that, and that is that answer. That's, right like, now. the only reason to watch Tokyo Drift because because they didn't want Paul Walker to come back. That's why Tokyo Drift exists. They thought Paul Walker was too old for the audience and they wanted a younger lead character and they ended up with a guy who seemed to be twice Paul Walker's age. (laughs) 
and he was terrible. And he and I was like, they traded off, and it was like when you remember that disaster movie that Jake Gyllenhaal starred in, and he like you're supposed to believe he was a high school student, and he was like, and I was like watching it, like what he get left back ten years, like you. Just- <laughs> like the same response I had with Tokyo Drift with I'm like you're replacing Paul Walker with that with this dude I mean come on production the worst the absolute worst so anyway I just had to go there all right um now I'll get into the steamy stuff (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody listening Um, is like let's go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we got to dig into some Fast and Furious shit. I mean, honestly, just last night, my daughter was like, let's watch Too Fast, Too Furious. I was like, oh, my God. Said nothing to her about this podcast. I was like, this is great. So I just watched it last night. There you go. Um, okay, so here we go. We're going to get steamy now. He doesn't answer. He offers me a better response. Oh, wait, maybe I'm going to jump back a little bit just so it makes sense. I can't hide the shiver that runs through me at the way his sinful eyes devour me. The heat between us, it becomes so electric, it's dangerous. Who who said it in the movie? He doesn't answer. He offers me a better response. His head dips until those memories transform into reality as his lips land on mine. He's hard and ruthless. I sigh into his mouth, parting my lips and letting his tongue meet mine. Urgency, lust, and need flow through us as we claw at one another, trying to get closer. His lips are punishing and demanding, and still, I feel I need more. I reach around his neck, bringing him even closer, our bodies brushing against one another. His hands are wild, and I welcome it, skating down my sides, pulling at my shirt, tugging at my pants. My back shoots off the couch when a hand disappears into my jeans. Okay. (laughs) This was so, like, real life to me. Like, or I should say the real life I'd love to have. Where you're just, (laughs) you're at it, you're kind of having this date, and you're just like, blah, 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 blah. And suddenly, like, all that sexual tension just completely goes boom. And it is on, right? So where were you as a writer, like in this moment, where did this 180 sort of come from? What do you mean? Um, I guess as you were writing this, were you like, like at what point were you say, were you like, yeah, it's time. Like it's time for them to go for this. So when I was writing this, I had, there is a scene before that, they they share they share a first kiss in the speedway um and it's kind of along the same lines where it's just super like they just snap and go at it but it's only a kiss they get broken apart wham wham and then with this one i think it was just it was right like you know when you read a story it, all it takes is like just the locking of the eyes and just mm-hmm. that stare down that knows oh yeah. shit it's it's happening and I I just wanted that for those two and it was like their humor all of a sudden just died and just you just see that spark and you're like boom and they just they she just lets go he just gives it to her and it's just they they get it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like they just went, it was like, it was like one minute they're watching the movie and the next minute all the clothes are off. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was that, like that sexual tension that they were fighting and fighting and fighting yeah. and all of a sudden it's like, 
boom. Yeah. And I guess because, because I just read like the snippet, like I'm pulling snippets out, but if you're reading like before, right. And this is like a few pages before there were like two pages before we get to this. And there's a lot of banter and a lot of back and forth and, you know, about the movie and then about, you know, the, and then there's like a twist, some Twizzler stuff going on and there, (laughs) you know, there's, and there, and and he's like, and he's quizzing her on the movies and she knows her fast and furious you know, and she knows her cars and, and there was just like all of this going on between them. And you can feel that t- like the tension, I guess, is being ratcheted up every single, oh, yeah. at every single moment. And then all of a sudden it was sort of like, I mean, I guess like, um, like a race car opening up. Yeah. Like I, mean, I think even I was biting my nails, like waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to keep going. Okay. Jesus, Luna, he murmurs against my lips, binding the moisture between my thighs. I almost bite down when he opens me wide and thrusts a thick finger inside me. I'm just as greedy, my hands digging into his hair and gripping it with fierceness as I clench around him. His predatorial growl is the fuel that burns need straight to my core. He takes no mercy inserting another finger, pushing himself deeper. His knuckles breach my center, and I ride out each thrust as he drives into me. There's something primal in the way he kisses me, touches me, claims me, stealing each moan and whimper as I fly over this edge he's put me on. My walls crash and I convulse under him. His mouth never leaves mine, still savoring our kiss as I ride out my orgasm. But even as my body starts to settle, more need arises. My hands drop from his hair, reaching for his zipper. I'm frantic, hungry, and desperate to feel the thickness of him filling me. He shares in the same urgency, leaning up and ripping off his shirt. We claw and tear until we're both naked. And without thought of protection, he's thrusting inside of me. Totally frantic. And I loved how you really captured that in the writing. Um, My only note is, tell me how you did this. (laughs) <laughs> can i just stop and say how awkward it is to listen to someone oh. <laughs> you getting here with like my head i eyes covered me like oh my god oh my god Amat, i did a podcast once where the podcaster made me read my oh, own my work god. for 20 minutes that was awkward that was awkward that was totally lose wi-fi <laughs> um but I thought this was deliriously good like it just was so there was so much again like drive going on here I think that's what's really impressing me is that is that again like oh my god the racing metaphors were full throttle like and it (laughs) I like that. Like, you know, and that's where, and and that is like so amazing that you've sort of captured that. And in a racing sport book, too, like, you know what I mean? Like, this feels like, this feels like driving a race car to me as I'm reading it, but, you know, sexual. So the book itself, it's a lot about adrenaline, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, I got the title junkie because they're both adrenaline junkies. Um, They like, he loves speed. She loves the thrill of it. And they're just addicted to it. And in any sense of the manner, like they crave it. And when they get together, it is no different because they want something so bad. And she does it like her purpose is illegally 
and he does it professionally. So, you know, them trying to stay away from each other is, it's like almost like, you know, she does it because she's not supposed to, and he does it because he wants to win her. And when they do come together, it's just so much in the same sense as racing because they're just like, they'll do anything to get on top and win and just, just, I don't know the right word to say, just be together, I guess. Right, right. So I think that that's really kind of really fascinating because I do think that that adrenaline underscores this whole scene. Like, like you can sort of like, like you're like, there is adrenaline here in the writing and that really, captures it. it's really cool to like, I mean, were you aware of this as you were writing it? Or is this just something that came through simply because of who these characters are? I think a little bit of both. I think okay. throughout the writing and throughout the scenes, there are some intended words in there, but I would honestly have to say that this one specifically, I think those that just is how it came out, to be honest. Okay. All right. Okay. One more little bit and then your torture is over. (laughs) (laughs) Something feral in him breaks and a low thunderous growl erupts from his chest. His composure shatters and the beast inside him releases. My nails scrape down his back, the pain feeding his powering need, demanding anything and everything I have to offer. His hands dig tightly into my hair and we both lose ourselves. Indescribable pleasure resonates in the core of my sex. And I hold him tight as we both free fall into this uncharted territory of undeniable fulfillment. We're silent for some time, our hearts hammering against one another. I'm trying to catch my breath, fearing I'll never be able to. What just happened was you, unsteady breaths, are going to kill me. My eyelids, heavy from the aftermath of the best orgasm ever, widen at his words. Oh my God, was that bad? His chest rumbles against mine, his head tilting back as he bellows out a laugh. Jesus, Luna, bad? That was so good. I think I'm going to have a, I'm about to have a heart attack. I can't get my breathing back to normal. We need to keep doing that until I die. Yes, die, because that was marry me. Oh my God. I love this exchange. I thought this was adorable. Um, he's alpha-esque, but not really. Um, he's also kind of giving up a lot pretty quickly, even though it was kind of like, I guess the, the glow of the post-quiddle glow maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm kind of curious, like, why did you have him say that? So when I originally first conjured up, um, cash in my head, I wanted him to be more of like a bad boy jerky kind of guy right and they I really wanted them to have a enemies to lovers kind of relationship like they didn't like each other and they kind of fell through but when I started writing him he came off like quirky almost in a way like he had this inner dialogue that was just so funny and he has this nervousness about him and you can tell in that scene that all of a sudden he like turns into like this like jokester. So that's how they start the mm-hmm. scene off where like he's obviously making her watch all these movies and she thinks that he's absolutely ridiculous. Right. And so they share in this moment and then once they're done, he's like trying to like like pull back the seriousness a little bit and he's just like, Wow, marry me, you know, and you know, they go on and on to like banter some more and you know, obviously end the night with a lot more. 
banging. <laughs> so a lot more than just, banter. Yeah, it's Justin Cash's character. You know, it's if for anyone who reads the book, you'll see that like he has his moments where he's just honestly just such a genuine guy. Mm-hmm. But you know what you don't get to see in the sex scenes is that like he's got a secret too, and he he's hurting in a certain way that you know we all learn that Luna is in the beginning of the story. So okay. you know when they have these intimate moments, it's kind of like they're like giving each other a window to see, you know, who they truly are and go ahead. Were, were these, were, were these issues that existed before you stepped into this world that these were already written out or are these ones that you've conjured for them? Because you said that they were side characters. So, okay. I'll re-explain myself. So what it just, what, what I meant by that is that I added two side characters in the story that were in the driven book um luna and cash are my characters they are i completely own them ah okay all right um and the story itself it's all mine it's just so a good example is cash is um crew chief is um beckett daniels beckett daniels is the crew chief in driven so that's christy bronker's character so these two characters that i created all their issues all their drama all their baggage is all me. <laughs> okay, so you didn't pluck outside characters from her from the the first book, like that series, to and then create th- these are your characters. Got Correct. it. Okay, now yeah. I understand. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, cool. So yeah, this was this is a beautiful. This is a really great read. It sounds like a, a really fun book. Hey, it you know it is. It has it has a little bit of the humor. It has the suspense. It has your angst and your love story. And it definitely has your happily ever after. Oh, I swoon just thinking about how I gave that to them. <laughs> <laughs> when did this come out, by the way? Uh, just September 18th. It was just this year. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You are, you move. That's, that's a lot of books coming out in a very short period of time. I've got a lot of people talking in my head. <laughs> Can yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, JD, where can readers find you on the internets? I am all over that web. You can, my author page is authorjdhollyfield.com. And a lot of my handles are at authorjdhollyfield. Um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Damn. I'm trying yeah, to I, anything. Yeah. I will have... Um, I will have links uh, in the show notes too for anybody awesome. who wants Thank to you. jump on and follow um, the various uh, various pages. So cool. yeah, Judy, this was really great. Thank you yeah. so much for being here yeah, and being a part of Steam Scenes. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Sign up to get email alerts when a new one goes live at lgreco.rocks. And don't forget to five star us on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next time.